0: This is Secret Skin. Hello, Scandinavians, the principal skinners. Goodbye, skinheads. You are not welcome here. My name is Open Mike Eagle. This is my podcast home. I'm not at home right now. I'm on tour with my friend Serengeti. Under the group name of Kavanaugh, we just released an album called Time and Materials that you can get on Bandcamp and iTunes and wherever imaginary music is sold. That's us. We are in Tucson, Arizona. We played on a Saturday night in the middle of a dance party. We emerged unscathed. We survived an entire weekend in America. We got hotel rooms directly above the venue, which is a lot more terrible than it sounds by many degrees. Did I mention there was a dance party? Had lovely uh, bass rumbles and a uh, giant rotary phone for which I could call no one to help me it's a fun show though believe it or or no just believe it we're gonna be in Texas this week in Austin and Dallas we're rolling with uh, producer Illingsworth And singer, songwriter, Mousy McGlynn. For right now, I'm sitting in a hotel room. A better one. In Tucson. I just watched a wrestling pay-per-view and it made me happy. Then I'm watching Twitter and it's making me sad. I'm watching like the Black Lives Matter politics and drama like the leaders are falling out and uh it's reminding me a lot of uh activism in in undergrad but uh i tweeted earlier that black lives matter should have a a building somewhere so the headquarters can be there instead of on twitter good movement it's an excellent movement it's a brilliant movement they've gotten some things done they've gotten attention on things that uh you know they've influenced matters in ways that might have gone other ways without them and um i think there's been a lot of pressure from outside forces to try to uh undermine this movement for a long time so seeing it implode on the internet is dumb it's dumb Stop it. Whew. It's a lot. Got some news, guys! Principals, Skinners, Scandinavians, uh, Skinter, Planetary Travelers—that's a new one. Uh, our show, your show, my show, the show you're listening to, the show that I program and uh, deliver to you, is going weekly, and that's weekly as in W E E K L Y, and not as in lacking in strength. I'm not sure if it'll be a permanent change. But we have so many good interviews in the can. If we, if we wait too long, then they'll become dated. And people tend not to like old things. Not if they know they're old. If they seem new, um, it could probably be a thousand years old. No one would care. But let somebody say who the president is. And if it's not the current guy, then there's instant concept rejection. Bottom line is, though. For the time being, for uh, uh, at least the next several weeks, the show will be weekly. So you can check for it every Monday at InfiniteGuest.org. On this episode of the podcast, we have my talk with Free the Robots. Uh, Free the Robots is a producer. Uh, he combines jazz and hip-hop and uh, electronic elements to make his, uh, his music. I know of him via low theory. I assume everyone listening uh, knows what low-end theory is, but if you don't, it's a long-running weekly event in L.A. that's the home of what's called the beat scene. Uh, a couple of prior guests that I've had on the show have been from the beat scene, um, Daedalus and the Gaslamp Killer. The music of the beat scene is a mix between electronic music and uh, instrumental hip-hop. Some of the artists in the beat scene kind of... Uh, Maybe turn their backs on hip hop a little bit when that scene kind of exploded, and many of them uh, spoke and did interviews saying that they no longer want to work with rappers. And I can maybe understand that based on the way uh, rappers have been known to treat people in the past. Um, but I've never known uh, Free the Robots. I know him as Chris. I've never known Chris to be that way. I first really heard his stuff in collaboration with my good rap friends, the No Can Do and Bus Driver. He's always been very humble. And approachable. And in this interview, I got a lot of insight into why that is. Um, There's a tragedy that's spoken of in the interview. um, And we don't go into detail of it in the conversation. And I don't know too many of the details of it in real life. But Chris did own uh, a restaurant in Orange County in California that was home to a lot of really awesome uh, hip hop and instrumental and beat scene events. And uh, something happened outside of the club one night where um, a woman was actually killed in a fight. And um, of course, that uh, it was a big event, a big news story at the time. And uh, talking to Chris about it, it seemed that that incident took a lot uh, out of him too. him being, you know, one of the owners and principal operators and managers of the club. And, um, you know, I just wanted to underscore that a little bit because we don't really say what it is in the interview. But that's basically uh, what happened. And I'm sure if you want to do some research, um, the rest of that information would make itself available to you. But here it is. My talk with Free the Robots. This is me and Chris talking in a very strange Panera Bread in downtown Los Angeles. Now, you
1: grew up in Santa Ana? Born in Santa Ana, grew up all around Orange County, but uh, everything that I was, (laughs) everything that was interesting in my area, at least, was in Santa Ana. Okay. And uh, it, you know, and that's what it is, like, you know, it's Orange County, and and it's the same thing. It's like, you don't, Orange County is something that, you know, in, in everyone's eyes, or in the typical eye, like, yeah, it's like this, you know, it's just beaches, and yeah, and just like, you know, very comfortable and everything, but you come into Santa Ana and Anaheim and it's very familiar to um, Los Angeles. And growing up, that was the only thing that was interesting. And yeah, I, I guess like a good part of my childhood was just spent there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what areas were, were, were you most uh, frequenting at that time? Yeah, uh,
1: pretty much there. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the way up until high school when we started actually throwing parties and, you know, throughout you know, in Westminster and, and or Garden Grove-ish type, <laughs> type vibe. Like, pretty much when you're in an area like that, um, but you're always fascinated by street cultures that aren't in front of you. Like, you know, I grew up to watching Juice and Kids right. and Beat Street and stuff like that, and I've always been fascinated by New York lifestyle, but it just didn't exist in front of me. So um, by any means necessary to uh, fulfill that cultural void you you kind of just you know get with the people that understand you or have the interests that you know you have and and build with that and somehow it bec- your surroundings become interesting even though they're not visually interesting right. you know more so culturally
0: was it always you connecting with other like musically inclined people out there
1: i'd say so yeah uh musically inclined people were who were into just different things cuz you know, there is definitely a very conservative culture yeah. that is taking hold of. I mean, it's being Disney whole down camp, there, UC Irvine, like, exactly yeah, Irvine. Big. I spent some time over there too. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, like with every every place that has like very conservative culture, there's always a far left culture to go with. Exactly to balance, balance it out. To balance it out, and I feel like you know the first kids that were just as frustrated as me. Um, but interested and curious, kind of just done, got together and built, built a culture, built a culture of our own, you know. And it was cool because there was, uh, since there was not much in front of you, um, you kind of, you kind of like at an early age, I kind of united with anyone that was different, right? So that meant like, like I said, um, the only place that you could actually get hip hop when I was young in the area was actually a punk house, mm-hmm. and it was it was you know it was just run by like punk kids but you know there's always a there's always a branch between the punk world and the hip-hop world it's like the same kind of energy the same same kind kind of of
0: anti-establishment we need some of our own
1: yeah and then you know i at an early age i i got like into that too like you know since it was the only house that housed hip-hop i would just go there anyways on other nights and just like listen to reggae and then you know there would be Punk and hardcore bands playing, and other nights. And how old were you during this time? Oh, man, how old are you when you're <laughs> when you're like a sophomore, junior, <laughs> like a senior, 14, in high 15, school? Yeah, 16. like that. Yeah, okay. You know, so it was good to have gone through that. And you know, they had records, um, record swaps over there. Yeah. Like I got into record swapping over there, and just different, different cultures. You know, I, mean, I mean,
0: and if a lot of this is happening in the same area, yeah, and then every music brings its own different elements. I'm assuming it's probably like. Lots of drinking and weed and oh, all yeah. that going on. So, like, were your were your parents, were your people, like, super conservative at all?
1: Um, not really. Like, I come from an in- immigrant family, and uh, well, there there can that can mean two things. Like, immigrant family can mean like, oh, we made it to America, you better bust your ass, right. and we did this, and rightfully so, they they busted their asses off to For get sure. out of the countries they're in to get here. What countries were they in? Um. My family's from the Philippines. Okay, um, but my family is an immigrant. Like, granted, my family was the more like laxed version. They're just, <laughs> you know, they're kind of disconnected from uh, uh, American culture in that time. You know, because you know th- it was like the seventies. I came here in right. the eighties. I, you know, I was born in the eighties, and and um, yeah, like American culture was just like a like a just a huge culture shock to them. I can imagine, and and it's something that they didn't really relate with so me growing up you know all the shady shit that was happening like you know they wouldn't really know what it was really okay. and it was they were just kind like, of disconnected from yeah before. and they just knew like as long as I just didn't end up in in, in, a, in jail or, or, <laughs> or just in too much trouble then you know they kind of just let me do my thing and and granted they did they didn't like really hound on me for anything and you know I wasn't the best kid but at the same time I wasn't the worst
0: about to one take this shit, nigga. Dear diary, what a day it's been. Dear diary, it's been just like a train Illuminati trying to read my mind with an eagle eye, and the haze got me thinking why we killed. You said y'all kind of made y'all own scene. Did that start in high school or did that start later? Oh, it started in high school. Okay. Yeah. So what 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 was your scene like that y'all created? Oh,
1: man, it, it was just uh anyone that was different, you know okay. what I mean?
0: Like So at, was it out pretty much based at that same spot?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cuz I actually went to um I wasn't actually living there at the time, but I went to a very conservative school. Okay. I went to Irvine High School. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cuz like my dad had uh an address there we weren't actually living there but there was an address there and there was like a room that we would like kind of like it was an old house that we used to live in and the room was just still available because it was still my dad's spot okay but we would just use that address and tight just because like you know (laughs) better school it was a better school like we could have ended up somewhere else like i think i was living at garden grove at the time and whatever but um but yeah and then you know just being around like just I don't know. I, I I don't I'm not one to to I, I just I can't say I'm better than anybody. It's just more so I don't relate with yeah. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. a lot of um that society, you know. Uh but yeah, you you know, you just gravitate granted there's like there were enough people to be that were interested in things like yeah. that and you know, B boying and you know, buying buying Beat Street from the video store and <laughs> shit and like buying uh like a little piece of linoleum, like that's kind of yeah. what got us out of that mind state. Like the whole, like, this is America and, you know, we're going to feed you this and this is, this is how, you, you know, you're going to be married by this time and this, that it just didn't, it never spoke to me, you know right. what I mean? Like going, just, the, I don't know, just feeding into the corporate world and I just, I never knew, I, I just knew that there was like more to a
0: path. Yeah. We, when we were uh, we were riding up here, uh, one of the last things that we said before we got out of the car, we're talking about kind of how, uh, you know, the beach scene goes through different changes and things became kind about, like, kind of a party kind of scene, mm-hmm. uh, and you said um, you felt like you threw a party for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, tell me about that. I mean,
1: as I, um, I'm, I'm referring to the Crosby, basically. Okay. I open up, for those that don't know, I, I opened up the Crosby, which is a restaurant, music venue, slash cultural mecca of fun yeah and one, just one of my all first sorts of shit. big shows
0: was down there Yeah, you know? yeah
1: and it's it's seen like so many uh just so much talent and and it was exactly what me and my friends wanted to do at the time in Orange County in, in Orange County yeah in Santa Ana and it was just a non-stop party and um if you can imagine being out every single night of the week for eight years in in a room full of alcohol and yeah. all sorts of other things oh, yeah. going on that you know that's on the low low um then yeah it's it, it you definitely grew up fast because mm-hmm. i i
0: opened up the crowds i was like 25 years old you owned it yeah okay soul yeah. ownership or you had partners uh two partners yeah okay. yeah two partners so were they I musicians was, too or they were just yep. more on investment side okay
1: uh musician like it, my buddy phil he's my uh, one of my partners he was a he's also a musician slash a videographer. He's um he's actually used to pe- play with me as Free the Robots okay. back in the day. He, we used to do the uh the stuff together the whole live thing and then my other buddy Mark who's just uh really into design and art like visual arts and stuff like that. It's a very creative house by right. very creative people. And uh I don't know, we were young and we wanted to just build a foundation for us and our friends and, and just to keep us interested because right. we were hella bored in Orange County. But at the same time we wanted to build something there because we didn't want generations of other people to just stay bored, you know? Right. Um but yeah, it was an eight year party.
0: <laughs> there was a tragic thing that went down. Was yeah. that at your restaurant where that where that tragedy took place? Yes. Um well it was outside. Right. It was
1: you know It's definitely very unfortunate yeah um something out of our control but you know with that that happened like it it you know long story short it basically led to the demise of what the Crosby was right you know what I mean and you know that's it's kind of a longer story but uh you know a lot of us kind of we all lost a completely different chapter of our lives as well, right. you know, and it, everything just kind of changed, and that that happened like last year. I that was so. last
0: year. It, it feels so. like yeah. forever ago now, but I know it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't
1: that long ago, but I know that like it was just a, it was a bit much to but take. But I think on.
0: that's what I think that's what you're saying too, because so much has changed since then. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why it feels like it was so long ago. Oh yeah, even though yeah, I it was. Yeah, everything's
1: just going so fast, and I'm 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 definitely psyched to see. Um, because a lot of the people who are like doing very well these days a lot of them you know either started at the Crosby or you know in the early part of their career had passed through the Crosby and
0: the beat scene like your home like a home scene
1: uh i mean yeah it's something that's part of me It's like, like and, and, and it wasn't it was never i don't think it was even in our agenda or anybody who was part of its agenda that call it the beat scene or anything like that it just fell into it it was more so just a for me i'm only just speaking for myself at least but uh I feel like what turned into a scene really started off with just a bunch of bored kids, you know what I mean, that weren't you know at a certain point of you know I grew up on hip hop and and everything but like hip hop being my main roots and I I actually kind of got bored of it after yeah. a while. Like there was there was a few things that were happening that were interesting and I was like, what what do I do next? Like right. if I'm bored right now. So you know you start digging for records and you start listening to other things and then you start just getting into different stuff and with that mind state of like what's new what like what I you know you start listening to it, but you're still rooted in hip-hop and then you create you get this whole like new world of you trying to figure out um I don't know just some some part of your subconscious that's right. that's like gonna I don't know fill that void but at the same time you have like a hip hop like that's always going to be in you so beats right weird beats come out and it was weird because it just happened simultaneously like people were just doing it and i didn't think there was really an agenda and out of nowhere low theory became what it is and you know i i, I played in the first year of low theory and that was actually my very first show, really. And my very first show was with Prefuse seventy three in December two thousand six. Wow! And from what I understand, it it actually was the very first time that the Lower End Theory was at a packed house. I don't know if it, I don't think it was for me. I think it was more so for Prefuse. But <laughs> the fact that I did play my first show to a packed house was like, wow, this is cool, yeah. you know. Um, and that's when I knew for, I was like, wow, there's something interesting happening again, and and with the, one of the originators, like Preview Seventy Three, right. he's like one of the OGs for me, to do um, something like close to what's happening, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like you know that moment where you're like, okay, this is these are my people. The light switch.
0: to go to sketchbook
1: uh back in those days you know i was i was that was when i was bored in, in, in O in oc and i i definitely knew everybody but <laughs> i was just i never left my house i hear you i was always on some like i don't know because like will gaslamp you know has been talk, like was talking about that from back in the day i mean
0: just for those like, that don't know sketchbook was a uh, an event that used to happen uh like it was in uh the Virgil when you speak called the little temple, and it was in that side room, I yeah, believe yeah. right, and then people just used to kind of come in and almost take turns playing beats, yep right yeah and that you know and from my understanding, that came to be a place where the beat scene kind of germinated too,
1: yeah, that know? was actually the the first like you know that was the first like thing, and I remember there was this one show that happened downtown. And it was like kind of like a. It was the first time that I'd seen that many artists together, from that world. You know, I think it was like, it was like, Daedalus and Gaslamp, and I, I think like Peanut Butter Wolf and, and all these people just that were just part of something interesting. They all played in this weird loft space downtown, and it was during the Sketchbook era, okay, prior to Lauren Theory, and it was like. I don't know, it was one of the most interesting nights that I've ever experienced during that time, you know, because once again, I was bored, you know, <laughs> and that was Boredom it. is so important. Yeah, like- <laughs> boredom and curiosity. Yeah. And that's that's what starts everything. And, um, yeah, man, it, that was – I knew, yeah, you just knew, like, there was something going to happen because I just felt like – I feel like we're all connected somehow and I feel like we we were all – somewhat bored in the same era at least the people that <clears throat> you know started
0: started doing something about it right and then so sketchbook happens mm-hmm. and then, you know low-end theory happens that takes off and this whole time you know you start on start your restaurant you open your restaurant and there's similar scenes happening there amongst other things as well and then you know, a couple years ago, a lot of things in what became the beat scene kind of became this thing where it was, it, it got to, to be a little bit more towards a party. Yeah. Um. You know, what what we call like kind of trap music in terms of having like the similar BPMs and drum patterns. Yeah. So did you ever explore that world with your own music too? Um. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I
1: mean, it's a good sound. Like. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it yeah, it works
0: for what it works for for sure. Like, yeah. you know what oh, I mean? Like, sure, it's it's, it's energetic and you know exactly. Yeah, and
1: you know, I'm down with that. You know, yeah. like, I mean, trap to me before was not like what it is. I mean, I I, I always you know, ha- it was always the southern rap. Before, exactly. You know? It and was
0: it was uh it was eight ball and MJG. Exactly. It yeah. was um um three six mafia. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. That's what you know,
1: and, and, and you know things take different shapes and forms along the way but and people are making some amazing shit and you're in the club and we're like damn (laughs) this is like they spent some time with the sound you know and 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 they do really interesting things with i don't know but uh i i can't say that I've, i've dipped fully into it i feel like um i just there was a lot i heard it a lot you know and and um i enjoyed it but when i got into the studio I went the opposite direction because of the, uh, I feel like, you know, when you're out at, I was at the Crosby all the time and you essentially would hear a lot of the same tracks every night after night. Right. Um, and you know, as much as I enjoyed it at the time, like subconsciously my mind went onto relaxed mode, like, okay, I need to get, and that's, you know, that's how I released the balance, which is like the beginning of the trap world. Suicide anyway, <laughs> to make like some sort of like for people to expect some like electronic banger for me on the next, and then they get this like weird, you know, psychedelic carnival record. And but you know, in, in all honesty, the record was honest for the time, and uh, and it, it, it there was no agenda other than like I would just make it in the morning time or after work, and I was in relaxed mode. I wanted to tune away. I really
0: think it's a beautiful album, man. Like thank it's you. really beautiful. You yeah, know, in a in you. a you know, in a world where you thinks it's gotten kind of party and banger and you know, and that that was the mode of the day. I do think it's like a it's a it's a record with heart. You know what I mean? I yeah, think that's, that's really awesome. Did you like did you play all the instruments on that too? Yeah. That's For the most amazing, part. I mean man.
1: there's there's a couple samples, but I've
0: But I, I know really like like look, okay, yeah. on a song like uh Last night Where it's mostly Just instrument Like you played that yeah, Piano yeah. That's amazing That was actually man. uh That's super dope Enchanté
1: D'avoir fait Votre connaissance Lise Vous offrir Un verre dé... I actually made that in France while I was there. And it was one of those nights where I was just kind of like, you know, just um, wandering around like a weirdo. Like you <laughs> said, we were like lurking, you know, and I, I was I was by myself um, just wandering around Paris. And I just had that creepy vibe. And, you know, I was like super into the Amelie soundtrack and <laughs> on some cliche shit, I was listening to that while I was wandering out of Paris.
0: Oh, you got Paris on Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just like, you know, but it's like a beautiful album. It you know, is. Don it's Thirson's a beautiful amazing. movie too,
1: yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it's just like, I started like, something I noticed about Parisian music, it's, you know, they got the, um, what's that instrument? I can't even, that doesn't even, like yeah, I used it, well obviously the electronic version of it. Um but, I know the
0: accordion,
1: accordion, yeah, yeah, yeah accordion yeah. and piano and just like the whole roots of kind of like a gypsy vibe and jazz and and yeah, that was kind of like me just I don't know. It that that whole album and just that song in general like was a good example of what happened during that album is like whatever the hell was in my mind, I would try to make the soundtrack of it and that was literally like hotel room after walking the scene river by myself drinking wine and i'm like mm-hmm. okay it's all lazy and
0: shit it's all late at night but yeah so are you, are you <clears throat> trained in piano or anything? not at just, all so you just tinkered that out like yeah i did an yeah pretty much I, I s- it's super dope
1: like I, i'm I, i've trained myself in a way that you know i just i jam to other music and i learn and i remember and um i'm able to you know maneuver within scales and tr- you know improvise in a way where i accidentally write something okay and that's that's kind of what it is is sometimes you just gotta let go i mean in the end you got a studio you could record and you can record a mistake and turn that mistake into something great you know what i mean and that's where i feel like the real energy comes out you're not really thinking about it right that's what actually made me learn you know, I'm not thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, I re- I'll remember that, you know. And sometimes I even take a picture of it, uh. you know. And it's like, <laughs> I'll remember,
0: but I, you know, like a, how a chord sounds. And So, okay, and that album, you know, with that song last night on yeah. it, is, uh it's called The Balance. What, it, what extremes were you balancing between? <laughs> wow.
1: I mean, definitely the restaurant. Because, I mean... When you're running a restaurant is not an easy thing, you know, and once again, we we, we jumped into it in an early age. And I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of uh, a lot of things like normal things like people that, you know, I had to juggle my creativity and like having to be there. There's nights where, you know, I mean, be, yeah, you're running a business. Yeah, right? like straight running like I'd be, you know, back from a freaking crazy ass one month tour and I would come home, fly back home. Just to say what's up and end up working that night, right. you know what I mean, getting behind the bar or hosting tables and busting and just getting right back into it, and so it's you
0: just, did every job in there, oh yeah, that was our spot, man, that was our baby,
1: and um that was the balance it was or it was trying to find the balance between creativity and having to work like that type of job, and it's a very intense labor wise and you know, I've definitely shaved off a couple of years of my life in that experience, <laughs> just going in and you know the stresses and everything. But I don't know. I wouldn't take it back, man. It, it was, it was a crazy experience, you know, to to do that. But creatively, I feel like I have sacrificed a lot, a bit of my creativity. But in terms of timing, like, had I probably spent a little bit more time in the studio, I probably would have done something else but i don't know i don't i don't take it back because i know that it's whatever path that you whatever creative path that you go on it's right. it's all part it's all a product of your growth is and there
0: something you feel like you missed yeah i just
1: i just never really went out to normal things you know mm-hmm. what i mean there was like a lot of things that were happening and i would always be like you know it's a friday night you guys and i i would see like people having hella fun somewhere else but i'm like you know what i'm here at work yeah you know what i mean like Pretty much for the for those eight years, we we did we. Every weekend was spent in those doors, you know, and uh, granted, everyone would come to our spot, right? You know what I mean. And it wasn't like, but you know, there was like so much going on, so many interesting going on, things going on in LA and and here and there that I kind of missed out on. You know what I mean? But in the end it's like it, it all comes full circle like we're part of the circle like no matter what happened here in LA that night at some point of the journey would like the same shit would happen at the crosby <laughs> and i'm like all right cool whatever you know that show i missed that show and like oh that ended up at the crosby so so i guess well, I don't even know what I'm complaining about because I really didn't <laughs> miss out on much.
0: But no, I don't. You know, I don't think. I don't. Th- you didn't sign. Yeah. You were complaining at all. Yeah. But um, because I'd asked you what the extremes were, and and I, and I thought that made a lot of sense. So yeah. you were trying to uh, manage, you know, your business self and your creative self. Yeah. That's, it can't be the same person. That would never work. No <laughs> you know man, those mean? are two
1: different parts of the brain exactly. that do not work well together. Man, sometimes you'll be in the studio, or I'll be in the studio all day and by the time i get to work at night i'll be completely out of space like not mm. even having any type of conversational skills whatsoever I, like my employees are like chris is a, a vegetable right now <laughs> you know he's in the studio all day and i'd just be there like all right i need a whiskey and then i'd be like okay normal <laughs> Somewhat, you know off. what i mean take the edge off but you know how it is like i you, do when creatives know that you get you get into a zone that is so far detached from your your like planet Earth, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like drugs. It's like doing psychedelics where right. you just you're so far out there that coming back to Earth it's like it's almost like a culture shock, right. you know?
0: Where did the name Free the Robots come from?
1: That was kind of me. I think I was just watching a sci fi movie <laughs> at some point. I just like nerd out on weird nineteen seventies sci fi movies and I don't know, it just came to me and it, it somehow like it just clicked. And I was like, that just sounds really dope. It does. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I wrote it down. I, I'm always, my mind is always open to things that sound dope to me and mm-hmm. I'll write it down. Like I always have a notepad ready and like whether I want to name it a song or something or a project or something and free the robots was one of them. And it was be it was cool because it actually made sense to my, to me at the time. Cause I made that in like 2005, which was probably my boredest time. And, and you know there was so it was the beginning of you know the MySpace movement and like the 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 i can i don't have to buy a studio time movement and it's like it was the liberating movement for music Uh, we weren't like bound to the middleman or we weren't bound to um you know trying to get on labels or just the old ways were done like we could do this shit on our own and me just realizing that like free the robots the name just kind of made more sense and like, you know, I was working at an art gallery at the time, and I was really into uh, how artists, like street artists, would do weird limited things, and they would just do things on their own terms because they're artists, and they were just, they were just, they thought so freely. And, and, you know, my first record was the prototype, and I did that, you know, like how an artist would, and just like spray painted every single one. I did 400 copies that i burnt by myself and spray painted one um one by one and like hand numbered them and put them out on myspace and that it did so well and i was like man that was like really liberating for me <laughs> like i'm no, i no longer am here to please anybody or you, you know, know
0: waiting for some record label exactly. to discover you exactly I made it happen
1: and yeah it was just like okay it's time to just do it myself you know just diy i mean i've always been a diy guy and everything that i was into was diy and like, why don't i just do this myself you yeah. know
0: well, you travel a lot and i'm yeah. assuming you're probably getting a lot of conversations with people at airports yeah and they ask you what you do and what do you say i just say i'm a musician and they and ask you what kind of music
1: they're like yeah what do you play and i don't know it's it's the conversation usually drops. I, I tend to drop the conversation <laughs> because it's like it's something you can't really explain to anybody like well I do electronic beats and sometimes I play this and that um and it's something that you know it's 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 hard to understand but it, it usually stops at yeah I play the keyboards and, okay. and at some point they're like oh he's probably in a band somewhere.
0: Um, have you noticed any difference because uh, you you're you, you're an artist and you go a lot of places in your own self you have all different vibes that you create from uh, have you noticed in a difference any difference in how your work is perceived when you have like lyrics on things or when it's just when it's just instrumental um do I do I notice a difference yeah and how and how and how the songs are received by people yeah um.
1: Not necessarily. I definitely see a difference in the production process. Okay. I never really paid attention to like how it's received publicly. Right. But more so it definitely eases up a lot because, you know, I I'm not there to just create um I it it's it becomes a lot more fluid because I have to keep it open mm. enough for somebody to 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 um,
0: so for their voice to yeah, fit for, into it for
1: their voice to fit in and that usually means me pulling back from what I would normally do I like see. adding like way too much stuff so it's just it gets me back to um, my roots like keeping things simple again and just worrying about you know how good would they vibe on this and it's more about me vibing on it first so I'm just sitting there like if that four bars sounds good I will cut and paste that <laughs> let him do his thing and then I'll change it up here it's 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 a lot
0: faster do you still feel the same like connection to the music when you have somebody somebody else's voice on it yeah
1: yeah definitely i have a lot of fun with that you know
0: super dope either way it's the same connection really it's
1: either way it's just whatever you know it is in the studio man when something feels good and feels right it's like you're
0: you're just connected because you being like like i said you being an instrumental artist um and you have fans all over the world, and they hear your work. I imagine sometimes they may be formed some type of idea who they think you are as a person, and it's so difficult because you're just it's just completely open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. When it's so, have you ever come across anybody's like super surprising interpretation of what kind of person they think you are based Always. on your music? Like, what do they? What do they? What do people expect sometimes?
1: Oh, I mean, I feel like people put artists on such a big pedestal, where it's like in the end we're all just human beings that are just curious right and want to have an experience you know and and sometimes like you know you're in foreign lands and they're like oh you just got out you were on that stage or and and i'm not i'm far from a rock star i don't i don't think that way you know what i mean and that's i mean that's a product of me being an actual worker like i would be on tour and i would be on the stage and then i would be washing your dishes right and busting your tables you know i mean that and that's how it was like all my life and people always kind of trip out. They're like, "You're like a normal dude." <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, this is a, <laughs> why not?" You mm-hmm. know? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Thank you guys. Of course. Um, yeah, and and it's usually that. It's 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 more the, uh, you know, I'm always just quickly just let it be known that. I'm a human being, and and I just I'm actually more interested in what's happening in your life, really, because right. it's I don't know I'm boring as shit. <laughs>
0: and I guess in your boredom, you know, you're gonna connect with them through their life experience, and that's yeah. gonna inform you and give you something to think about when you're creating too.
1: Exactly, man. There's so much that I get from people. So I, I mean, people I meet all over the world change my life. I mean, I, I want more of that. I don't know. I I can't I can't call it an escape from what my current reality is. It's just enlightenment. Hmm. Just granted it's it's such a blessing to be able to experience that and I want to take advantage of that because in the end it, it is different cultures and, and um and experiencing new things that that made me grow, you know, like just, you know, back to the roots of being that high school kid that you know watching hip-hop movies and 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 just real cultural things you just damn that's you realize that this is such a big world as much as people say it's such a small world it's so
0: it's so big like it's so many varied experiences exactly like
1: and i just i want to gain more of that you know understand
0: understand everybody's story wow you know what i mean new Damn. well thanks a lot man i appreciate you taking the time to to, uh, to talk to the people man anything you want to tell them on the way out uh i
1: think i've said enough but thank you for listening
0: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> much man. love uh where can they where can they find out any information about what you're doing if you basically just type in free the robots in your google thing
1: you might get me some at some point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah instagram facebook twitter free the robots it's all the same thing Bandcamp. Yeah, that's well, about it. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Right, Very nice. Right, peace.